Slide two, please, Joey. The plan was, as per last week, that we we're going to continue to summarize our year, and I'll come back to this in just a moment. We're on the right-hand column, Fruit of the Spirit, this week, of re reminding ourselves where we have been. But I'll tell you a story from last week's Sunday morning. Blank screen, please. Uh, Brett Galky was doing the sound last Sunday, and he was at, here at multiple services. And after one of the services, he came down, because I remember last week I was trying to do this balance of grace and truth. So grace and truth, and I had all those different issues on the, on the, on the platform, on the screens. And he said to me, which I thought, I've thought about all week long. He said, I hear what you're saying, living at grace and truth, but how do you do it? It's so hard. How do you do it? So I want to, I want to go really go after that today. And so I, I'm going to, can I have permission to just like, can I, can I flame a little bit today? Can, can I, I'd, I'd like to, but I got to be careful because I don't want to throw you off. But I want to I be really clear. So here, here's the word picture that I want you to have, the illustration. So the stuff of the Spirit I'm going to talk about is connected to this. If that happens, we live with grace and truth. I'm going to explain that in a few minutes. What I want to get at this morning is if we really want to do this abiding, all this stuff of and with the Spirit, it is critical that we understand that we must crucify the flesh. So I'm going to really poke at that from Galatians chapter 5 and 6. But, but, I want, but I want to make it really, really clear. L listen really carefully. If we don't crucify our flesh, we will not remain in the Spirit, abide in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, so do the Spirit. It is the crucifying of the flesh which leads to an incredible abiding relationship. And so that's where I want to go at together with you. I said this at the last service with, 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 um, with Nick. Uh, after this morning's service, I want to leave this cross, ask our staff to leave the cross right here, and leave the mallet. And I hope this week you feel free between 6.30 a.m. and 8.30 p.m. to come in here and take the mallet and crucify something to the cross so that we can be living in and with and by the Spirit. So let me tell you where we're going to go. So heads up, and in the end, if you want to leave, don't run out fast. Slide 12. I'd like to invite some neighborhood conversation. This is the neighborhood conversation. So at the end of the teaching time, what desires of your flesh need to die today so that you can share and bear more of the Spirit's fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So that's where we're going to go, but that's a little while away. So can I open, ask you to open your Bibles, please, to Galatians chapter 5. And I'm going to look, we're going to read chapter 5, 13, to the end of the chapter and then a couple of verses out of chapter six. 
Now, before I read it all, I want you just to look for the word spirit here. So I'll tell you where it is. If you look in verse 5, 13, your heading is life by the spirit. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the spirit. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Verse 18, but if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Verse 25, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So what we're going to see, I've just accentuated the spirit. There, is, there are also multiple times when the word flesh is used. The word flesh, S-A-R-X, sarx in Greek, is, is either fleshly, sinful, sinful over-desires. I've got to watch real close here now. The flesh can be these incredibly powerful, sinful, fleshly desires, chapter 5, 19 through 21. Or, watch this now, or, or, these fleshly desires can also be good things that have become idols. For example, children and grandchildren. For example, a job. For example, uh, a home, a car, a career. So what happens is either strong, sinful desires or good things that become idols become so powerful that we are in captivity to the flesh. And you cannot be free to live in the spirit until you take a mallet and crucify the flesh. So that's where we're gonna go. So let's go through the text and just read it. Chapter five, verse 13. Title, Life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. Now, if you look at your footnote in the bottom of most of your Bibles, if you have the NIV, you see the flesh is referred to as a sinful state of human beings, often presented as a power in opposition to the spirit. Now, let me just show it again. There is a battle that rages in humans, in all of us, between the flesh and the spirit. And when it comes to what we're going to see in verse 24, it, the, 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 the tense is very intentional. We are called to crucify the flesh. It will not happen for us. Salvation is a gift we receive. The goodness of God are gifts we receive. But you and I have to take responsibility to kill, to crucify our own flesh. So that's what he's poking at here. What does that mean? How does it, how does it play out? So, verse, uh, let's see, next verse. 15, my trifocals are just unbelievable. <clears throat> you know, to get old. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now look at the conflict. These are an absolute conflict. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And now he's going to describe some of these acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you as I did before that those who live in this way will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, could you look up for a second? So as we've read that many times, and I think we can just let the words just gloss over. Let me give you a paraphrase. This is Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors, an incredible Bible translator. This is his paraphrase that I just read. It is obvious what kind of life comes out of the flesh. It is repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and families, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. All those things, St. Paul is going to say, have to go here. So I can say, well, I'm not involved in sexual immorality, but how about factions? How about dissensions? How about slander? How about diminishing my rivals? All those things he's going to say, take all that, put it on the cross. Those who live by the Spirit have crucified the flesh. So let me stop for a second. Now, this, this carries multiple levels in the text. It, it refers, first of all, to a time, a known time, when you know you were so amazed at the crap, the sin, the horror of my life, excuse me, of my life, that I stand before Jesus in my mind's eye, and I think, how in the world, how in the world would he ever love me? Can you imagine if all of us, Together, those times in our lives when we did things that were really bad, really horrible, really illegal, really whatever. Can you imagine if they all came up on the big screen and we all got to watch each other's stuff? We're all concerned because big brother is watching everything. Brothers and sisters, our good, good father's been watching forever. And then when we, when we crucify the flesh, we just go, Oh, 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 oh. How in the world 
would God want me with him? Have you ever had a moment like that? Let me push. If you have been born from above, there should be at least one moment in your life when you went, oh, no. I cannot believe I did that. I was that. I thought that. And then we stand right here and we fall on our knees. And at that moment, we don't just say, I believe in Jesus. I say, I believe in Jesus who covered all my sins. At that moment, it's called repentance. It's crucifying the flesh. But there's more. There are also seasons and times in our lives when the Holy Spirit brings to mind things and we just go, oh, man. So I don't know how many, but I'm sure there are at least 10 times when I have stood here in my mind's eye in front of the Lord Jesus and just went, if anybody knew what I had done, if anyone had seen what I'd done, if anyone had experienced what I had done and I was just broken before the Lord. Now, let me just play you backwards a little bit. So in the Old Testament, when you came to worship, you would bring your animal. You bring it to the altar and you bring it to people like me. And we would take your animal, we'd split the throat, we'd catch the blood and we'd throw the blood on the altar. And that was a forgiveness of your sins. But the holy God was so holy that even the priest could not enter the presence of God. Only the high priest once a year, completely consecrated, a rope wrapped around his, his waist, and he gently walked into the Holy of Holies, hoping he would not be killed by the presence of holy God. And I can just sin with abandon. And I can just do whatever. And I can get the flesh desires and the idols of my life. And then we come to this time and season when Christendom is over. And we're living in post-Christendom. And we've got to live with grace and truth. And it doesn't work. You know why it doesn't hurt? Because we haven't crucified the flesh. You have to kill the flesh. I have to kill the flesh. You're going to see it in just a moment. We've got to kill it. Think about crucifixion. Think how brutal this is. In Jesus' day, the Romans would just people, put, people, put people on crosses for miles, stripped naked, bleeding like crazy, all trying to be asphyxiated, trying to get away from asphyxiation, birds picking at their heads, dogs grabbing them, and you weren't up in the air. You were at this level. You're walking by hundreds and thousands of your countrymen who are all crucified. And St. Paul says, you've got to crucify the flesh. So I ask a question, have I, have you ever crucified the flesh? Because when we do that, it is then we abide. It is then we are free to walk with the Spirit. It is when we are led by the Spirit. It is when we sow to please the Spirit because we have crucified 
our sinful nature to the cross. Let's go on. I'll show you that. Where is next? Let's keep going. Verse 22. But, but, Saint, says St. Paul, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now look at the verse 24. This is the key verse for this morning. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So let me stop right there. I'm asking everyone in this room and everyone online, can you name a time when you said, this has got to happen. Not just, not just I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus saves me from these sins and all my sins. Those, verse 24, read 24 again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh. They have. Now, so everybody look up here. This is not passive. You got to grab a mallet. We all have to grab a mallet. No one does it for us. We all have to crucify the flesh. Why? What well, goes on? Look what the text says next. 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. How can we do that? Because the flesh has been crucified. So let me give you a word picture now. After the first service, then it came up to me. And you know, the Jesus, I'm going to paraphrase Jesus. The road is wide that leads to destruction, and many are on it. And narrow is the road that leads to life, and few are on it. So I've used this word picture before. The culture, I'm just generalizing, the culture is all going just like this. But there's a narrow road. And there's a small group of people who are going against the tide. They're not going this way. They're going this way. Who are those people? Those are the people who are abiding in Christ, in the Spirit, who are bearing the fruit of the Spirit, who are walking with the Spirit, who are led by the Spirit. How do they do it? They crucify the flesh. So let me ask again. Is there a time in your life when you know, you know, I crucified the flesh. I said, Lord, I, I, need, I need you to save me. Let me push. That's how the Christian faith begins. In our tradition, it's not by coming to church. It's not necessarily confirmation. No, it, is, it is all of us acknowledging my sins must be crucified with Christ. So let's go on. Chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone who's caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Tempted by what? By pride. Those of you who live by the Spirit should restore gently. Now, this is where this grace and truth thing comes in. Here's another example of it. So, I do something terrible. I don't know what. I stole a bunch of money. I stole $10,000 from Third Church. Grace and truth. So I would hope our elders and deacons would restore me gently. Grace and truth. There needs to be truth 
that you stole $10,000, Kevin. Absolutely. And you need to pay the price for stealing $10,000. That's truth. But grace says, we've all stolen, elders would say, but we're going to restore you. And over a period of years, we're going to keep walking with you, helping you become a man who is in Christ. So the truth is, you stole and you're going to need to pay a price. But the grace is, we're going to walk with you and restore you. See, there is living with grace and truth. It's easy to say, oh, just throw him in jail. He's an idiot. And, oh, well, we love him. He's been here for 28 years. He just had a bad day. That's great. Oh, no, it's garbage. It's grace and truth. But it starts with crucifying the flesh. One more verse. Look down to chapter 6, verse 7. And I'll give you some quick slides. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A person reaps whatever he or she sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, chapter 5, 19 through 21, from the flesh will reap destruction. Look at verse, look at verse 21, 521. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 8. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. So, verse, slide four, please. Real quick slides. In this passage, you see all these descriptors of the Holy Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. We are led by the Spirit. There is the fruit of the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. We keep in step with the Spirit. We sow to please the Spirit. But connected in this, next slide please, <clears throat> is the battle. Have you ever considered that the flesh and the Holy Spirit are fierce fighting enemies? So going on with it is a crazy battle. There's a crazy battle. Which one will? So Romans chapter 7. What did St. Paul write about? The things I don't want to do, these are the things I keep doing. Romans chapter 8, ah, verse 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And there is the, right there, there's grace and truth. But do you understand, there's a battle that rages. Not just a spiritual battle over here, there's a battle right here. Right here. And so we go, well, I've been at church and you know, I give you know, 2,000 bucks a year and I do nice things and I don't steal from my neighbor. And Good. But we can still live expressing the acts of the flesh. And St. Paul says, if we do that, the path leads to destruction. How about this one? Can I have slide number nine, please? If we desire more of the Spirit, more of the fruit, Galatians 5.22 then we must identify more with Jesus in his death on the cross. The flesh must be crucified. Please hear this. No one can crucify anyone else. This is personal for all of us. It's each of us. We're not judging anybody. We're not condemning anybody. No, this is just about me. This is about you. So the word picture, and that's why I said I like to have the, the, the cross here all week. And I tell the story, I've told this before, but you know, when Father Bob Gruss was the uh, pastor of St. Mary's Church, we would meet together, and he taught me something I've never forgotten. And I've, I've done it ever since he's now uh, serving elsewhere. But Father Bob would come to the front of their church, and I guess there was an altar somewhere, and there was a, there was a cross. And he would lay on the floor, and he would just put his arms around the cross. And he would confess his sins at the cross. 
So if you want to be led by the Spirit, build the fruit of the Spirit, this is a good posture. I want to embrace the cross of Christ. Jesus died for me. My sins need to die. The more we embrace the death of Jesus, the more we live in the life of Jesus. But we, need, we all need to take responsibility for ourselves. Now, slide number 10. Okay, as we are more spirit than flesh, the whole comp comparison in, in Galatians 5, we will love as Jesus loved. The true mark, the true mark of a disciple is love. Slide two again, please, Joey. Go back to two. This is what we tried to do for two years. How do we flourish in exile? We love to will the good of another. How do we do it? The fruit of the Spirit. Intimacy, triune God, generosity. Back to the same side, Zoe. So the true mark, everybody listen. This is what a disciple of Jesus looks like. Someone who loves God, who loves others, who loves neighbors, and who loves enemies. If this is the word of God, that's where those come from. So in a world that is so polarized, if we're going to live with grace and truth, we're asked to be people of love. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. So, Kevin, how you doing? Where does the flesh, where, where, Kevin, where does your flesh need to be crucified this past year with all the things, Kevin, that you've said, thought about someone you dislike or oppose? Why? So the life of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about principal disagreements. I'm talking about Galatians 5, 19 through 21 stuff. Because that's the mark of a disciple. The next slide, please. So, as the fruit of the Spirit grows, we submit, we kill, and we love. So, I'm going to ask our facilities team and our tech team to leave the cross right about here all week till next Sunday. And I, if you would like, you're welcome to come and kneel. Kneel at the cross. And I told you this story before. When I was a young, when I was in third or fourth grade, I can't remember what, what year, how old I was, lived, I went to Angel School in Muskegon, Michigan. And we brought our own money for lunch. And as I was walking to school, some young men accosted me, held a knife to my throat, and asked, no, told me they wanted my lunch money. And I said, no. So they put it against my throat, and they said two things. Raise your hands and kneel. So on 3rd Avenue in Muskegon, Michigan, here I am. As they took my lunch money and hit me in the back of the head and knocked me down, I made an inner vow, which I have renounced. My inner vow was this. I will not kneel to anyone again, and I will not raise my hands. I will never surrender again.
submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Ooh. So you know, he's saying, I asked Mike, Mike was gonna, we're going to sing part of King of Kings. There's something about that song that carries an anointing. I don't know if you heard it in the room, but the volume kept going up. There was some kind of a submission to Jesus in that song. I don't quite know what it is. We killed the flesh, and then we love. And then we bear the fruit of the Spirit. And we live with grace and truth. Let me say it one more time. No go to neighborhoods. But please, hear this one more time. It is so hard to live with grace and truth. In order to do it, we have to kill crucify the flesh so there is a room and space for the Holy Spirit to work I've told you this before I remember a couple years ago the Holy, so Father, Son, and Spirit next we're going to talk to Triune God there are many ways to describe the Holy Spirit one of the ways is He is very, very sensitive and where Kevin is living in the flesh a very sensitive Holy Spirit just says doesn't leave, but backs away. Because the Holy Spirit loves. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. So the neighborhood question, if you're interested, if you're willing, could we take just a couple minutes, uh, let's say two or three, if you'd like to, what desires, we're all talking personally, what desires of my flesh need to die so that I can share of the Spirit's fruit? Okay, let's, well, it's 10, 10, we'll give three minutes. If you don't want to do it, no problem. If you'd like to do it, please engage. On your marks, get set, share.
thank you very much for being willing to share. I'm going to end a little differently than I have any time in all the years I've been with you. I want, I want to ask really specifically this morning, have you, have you intentionally acknowledged that your sins need to be crucified to the cross of Christ? I'm not talking about believing in Jesus because the demons believe in Jesus. I'm talking about today, July 18. I want to say in my mind, in my heart to the Lord Jesus, today I am crucifying my sins on your cross. And I acknowledge that you are the one who saves. That's the first step into the kingdom of the heavens. So I'm going to offer a prayer. You can just respond quietly, silently, but let's pray about that and see if you're being invited to take a crucifying step into the Lord. So Lord, if, if you are touching our, anyone's heart this morning, if you are seeking to be magnified in anyone's life in this room this morning, in this room, at home, online, anywhere. If there are those who are crucifying their flesh, I pray that you would release into them the fullness of your Holy Spirit. I pray that the heavens would rejoice this morning because women and men and boys and girls are choosing to crucify the flesh with the sinful desires. And we pray that you would release a spirit of life and freedom that perhaps others here have never known. So we pray, come Lord Jesus, come in your power, come in your goodness, come with your grace, set captives free, and be magnified. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.